Hello, everyone. Welcome to Word. Word. <laughs> That's what happens, Carolyn, when you have two crop podcasts. It is Word, <clears throat> but it's Covenants. Yes. <laughs> Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry with Carolyn Barnett and yours truly, Dave Clay. Yeah, things get confused. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> especially, especially if it's early enough in the morning. Although I used to believe I was a morning person. Not now. That's the strangest thing, too, because the perception internally, self-perception is, uh, I'm really on it in the mornings. But when the words start to come out of my mouth, all those things that I think are going on in that good way inside of me, self-perception, ends up really being a mess outside of me. And I think to myself, I think, if people would just leave me alone, (laughs) then it would be exactly the same outside as I'm thinking it is inside. Mm -hmm. I I totally understand that. And when I get out of my routine, I have a routine, and something interrupts that, then I have to readjust because I'm so used to doing things in order, and when it gets thrown out of order, then I'm... Which yeah. this, which then makes this otherwise not such a, a shameless, um, what do they call that, uh, pitch? Shameless plug for <laughs> yeah, for for a word. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> With Dave Clay, it's actually Dr. Michael David Clay, and it is a. I need to advise our listeners. It, it would not be anything uh, contrary to the Christian values, but it doesn't have the same flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't present it necessarily because it's intentioned for a more secular audience. Uh, and it's probably a bit more clinical in the sense that, too, uh, we do so much with the Bible here. I <laughs> resort to or rely upon more the clinical with word. And... Uh, uh, you've never listened to it, have you? Oh, yeah, I have. <laughs> then, then you know what we do. Okay. I usually read an article. I'm out insulted of, that you said that. Out of, my, well, my wife said he's never listened to it. Oh, okay. Outside of psychology today and then kind of interpret it a bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. add extra sort Even of Even my family has listened to it. Commentary and extra dimension. So if you want to find that, it's Word with Dr. Michael David Clay. But today's <laughs> podcast, and we're on right now, is... What is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Christian Counseling Ministry? I'm going to break in Word and do a plug for Covenants. <laughs> yeah, you can. You can. Also, I think that you might want to advise our podcast listeners that they will not only be listeners, but they will be viewers. We've become multi-dimensional yes. in our media presentation. So tell them about what we're doing different. Well, we have decided to venture out to video so that you can see our faces and kind of interact with us a little bit more. And we won't change our format as far as like how we're doing our podcast, but this way it gives you a chance to um, see us when we're doing all of our hand motions (laughs) and lets you have another option to view our podcast you can actually watch us we'll post this link on our facebook page under covenants on facebook so be sure and check us out there and it's uh, (laughs) live from our beautiful studio yes we are live and this is our first time doing this so it is so it's inaugural 
Okay. Get that word out at this time of the morning when we typically record the podcast. That's a that's a big word for our podcast. So, Carolyn, again, I, I like to uh, give compliment where compliment is due. And you're a pretty smart person. Well, thank you. I don't always feel that way, so thank you. But knowledge is only the beginning. And smarts right. will only get you so far. Right, exactly. And, and if you will indulge me a bit... Uh, being as unprepared as you typically are for the podcast. Let's go to, and if you want to get your, we well, you can't get your phone out. Oh no. Oh, God. You're, at my, you're at my complete mercy. Uh, you're at the, my, I guess my complete mercy. Is yes, that right? Is that yeah. what So anyhow, I'll read Boy. it to you. Okay, but of course it'll you. be King James. So you'll have to then in your own mind, imagine what the translation could be. <laughs> Proverbs. And it would be two. And starting with verse 1. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest, liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. I could go further, but I'm not. Okay. That's 1 through 5, Proverbs 2. Um, I'm going to go ahead and add verse 6. For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. And then we could go further. Because it's all great stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I'm reading and I'm thinking, even in my own mind, for the sake of brevity and the time that we have, what verses to include or not include right. or where to go, it's always tough mm-hmm. because I just want to read the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then I want to say, and there you have it. Because <laughs> really, when you read it, there's nothing else you could add to it. The unfortunate right. thing is, unfortunately, kind of sadly, kind of quietly, Inconspicuously, I'm going to say this to our listeners, not for public consumption necessarily, but most Christians don't read the Bible nearly as much as they need to. Yeah. There's a lot of statistics that kind of disturb me a little bit. However, lest I sound like I'm on some platform, um, we are all guilty of not doing as much as we could or should. So... That being said, I strive to do, you know, um, hmm, see that's, that gets tricky because lest I want our listeners to think that the more we do, it's not about that, but I want to be, I want to read the whole chapter. I want to absorb it all. You, you know what I mean? It's not about like, oh, if I read the whole chapter, then I'm closer to God. It's not that. Well, well no, but. But, but that's, you want to read more. You just you you want it all, and and that's the closeness. Well, I think that that's why I gave you that compliment that you're a smart person because you're very knowledgeable. And and knowledge I, doesn't get it all. As you I pointed think out. you establish <laughs> the point well that most of us in some sort of. I guess positive. <laughs> I don't know if you could attribute too much positivity to the human nature at times, but most of us are curious. Mm-hmm. We want to know. Mm-hmm. 
And so, factually speaking, reading the Word, as much as we want to know about life, and you could say, well, then God too, right? Because it's the Word of God. Right. But if you just want to know about life, and I think that's what Solomon is saying. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge and lift up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest, for her as for hid treasures, then thou shalt, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. I want to know. Right. You know, I want to know about God. Mm-hmm. But if that were to be as much then a fact, if I don't do it, <laughs> then what's it worth? Because, or even if I do it, I may still need to do more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Usually when you read Proverbs, and and certainly um, Solomon, wisdom literature, as I've heard it called on occasions, uh, what goes usually with knowledge is wisdom and understanding. Now, I don't know that, and I've searched this in King James, because I have come to appreciate... There's a lot of hidden treasures that you may not see if you just kind of gloss over it superficially. But I wanted to find out in my searching, Mm -hmm. my question in my mind was, is there a progressive sort of dimension to this? So is it knowledge, understanding, and wisdom? Is it wisdom, knowledge, and understanding? And and I know the King James kind of the phrases it in different ways, and maybe I'm overthinking it. But I do think knowledge is the easiest, Mm -hmm. because it's just fact. Right. So when I read this, I'm going to read this in a factual sort of way, mm-hmm. this passage, or at least apply it in a factual sort of way. Right. If you want to know the knowledge of God, you need to seek after it. Mm-hmm. And we've already declared the best place to go is the Word. Right. And if you're willing to at least get the Word in you, that's the beginning. Right. But it isn't the end. Correct. Because I do believe that the end of wisdom comes not only from knowledge, but there's this understanding thing that has to happen along the way. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, again, if that's the proper sequence, knowledge, understanding, then wisdom. I've often thought about that. Maybe maybe we all begin with wisdom, but in a human sense, we stumble because all the apparatus of knowledge comes online and then confuses us (laughs) because we got all this data. You know, we got all this stuff coming in, and then we got to, like you were doing at the beginning of the podcast, we got to process it, and we don't want to come across this way, we don't want to come across that way, we want to say it the proper way, it's like I was saying, you know, early in the morning, it all self-perception, it all seems great inside, but once it starts to come out of my mouth, and once I start to act to do, and once other persons get involved, and they're having maybe a similar sort of experience, it can get really messy along the way. I feel like that... I think you're right when you said it's knowledge because you get the factual information of it. And then I sort of think understanding, and I say that in that order because then you kind of understand how the pieces, how the facts fit together and how we are going to use those facts and what do they all mean. And then I believe the wisdom is the actual application of all that. I feel like the wisdom is when we take all that information, we understand how it all works together, what the pieces you know, put together mean, and then apply that in our lives, all that knowledge and understanding how it works together. And I think that 
is wisdom. So let's do this then. What I just read out of Proverbs 2, mm-hmm. let's put that under understanding because there's a bit of an interpretive sort of dimension to that. Mm-hmm. So let's go to maybe just the, the bottom line fact. So let's go to knowledge, the bottom line knowledge. Proverbs 1, starting with verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, the king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment and equity, to give subtility to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel to understand a proverb and interpretation. And again, well, I'll go ahead and finish just a little bit further. If I can get my phone to work. The words of the wise and the dark sayings, here it is. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So, there may be a sequence. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is even more base, factual, than the previous passage I read, Proverbs 2. Because it does speak to those three components. And in that way, it gets to the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But the fools despise wisdom and instruction. It's verse 7, Proverbs 1, 1 through 7. But it comes to the same conclusion. Knowledge and understanding isn't enough. Mm-hmm. Even if you add that other dimension, you know, to know is one thing, to understand, second thing. But if you don't come to the conclusion that knowledge and understanding will, in a natural way, incline you to, take you to, you're still missing the point. And maybe that does get back to attributing to the human dimension or human being a little bit more than we normally do. Iniquity seems to steal it all away. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. But the idea, though, is somewhere there must be a, a, a hunger for knowledge. I think most people would agree with that, whether you're Christian or not. And with that, most of us strive for wisdom. Uh, not wisdom, but understanding. Because there is some degree of operating in this world that that's assisting us in. But I don't know that most people then at that point would recognize, but there's a third. And that is wisdom. Mm-hmm. Now again, maybe we start with wisdom, maybe we stumble, we lose it, we have to reclaim it, or it has to be reclaimed in some manner, maybe because of the way the human apparatus comes online, brains, thoughts, knowledge, you can take information in, maybe that's all part of then the operational processes, mm-hmm. emotional, cognitive operations, we have to, that's the understanding portion. But even those two things, knowledge and an understanding alone, being smart and even being worldly smart, it's not enough. Because it misses the, the ultimate conclusion, maybe smart and worldly smart understanding is supposed to bring you to, and that is, you're a fool. <laughs> I know that's, that's a gross overstatement, but I would never lead off, Carolyn, by saying, you know, I admire you because you're a fool. Right. I, I'm really intrigued by that last, <laughs> that last uh, dialogue that you just presented. Um, the thought came to me that you said we want to know. Uh, we want to be smart, right? So 
I sort of liken that to the flesh because we want to be like God in that the original sin that we're selfish and we want to know things. We want to know everything. And then I thought, well, where does understanding fit into that? I think that is a deeper, that satisfies a deeper need because the knowledge sort of, I feel like is sort of surface level, you know, like our flesh. The understanding goes a little bit deeper because it can affect our heart. But then the wisdom part, I feel like that is where God enters the situation because then we have a choice to make. And it's sort of relative to the to even secularly, what are you going to do with that information? You you got this knowledge, okay, so now what? Otherwise it's useless. Like you said, then you're just a fool because then you've just learned something for nothing. So I, I just absolutely kind of feel like that Jesus is all throughout the Bible, right? So I see this spiritual aspect coming through even in this proverb. Well, I think you're right, because I think that's really what Solomon was either in prophetic sort of mention foretelling mm-hmm. yeah, of, the, of the Christ to come, yeah. or as with prophetic dimension, if you get this stuff, you're at least moving toward Jesus, mm-hmm. but you're not there yet. Right. Because here's what happens. <laughs> and then the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Because you get this great job, or you play sports, or you do whatever you do. And, and you want to know about it, you, you want to get good at it, mm-hmm. uh, and then you have some success, <laughs> as we know what success looks like. Mm-hmm. And, and we're operating, and, you know, our smarts coming out, right. and we're, we're making right turns and left turns. Our we, understanding. Our GPS is working like it's supposed to, mm-hmm. and we're pretty successful in this world. And then all of a sudden, we begin to get into ourselves. <laughs> Not such the good way in in that idea of, well, yeah, my self-perception's right. You know, I don't have to bang into people. You know, there's these thoughts, they're coming out well. I've learned the skill set. I know how to communicate well with other people. Uh, I can sing. I can dance. I can sell. I can uh, buy. I can succeed in worldly dimension. And then all of a sudden I get so much into myself that I fail to realize, yeah, but that's not the end of it. The end of it is Jesus. Solomon knew because he had all that stuff. Right. Uh, I could aspire to be Solomon and would not be wrong. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. And probably developmentally, there's probably times in my life in a chronological sort of way sequencing of how this all unfolds when that's great that's what i'm supposed to do mm-hmm. but when you get there it's supposed to also then begin to reveal to you yeah but that's not going to really save you exactly now whether it's calamity that comes or whether the ultimate calamity death mm-hmm. if you think you're great you think you're above it all you think you are it all you think you got it all together you're a fool. Because, <laughs> but I prefer to be a fool if being a fool led me to this passage that I read uh, to understand uh, where is it? Oh, the fear of the Lord mm-hmm. is the beginning of knowledge, mm-hmm. but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Right. I don't want anybody to come along, but I'm feeling that way and tell me I'm wrong. 
Mm-hmm. It's threatening because I think I got it all together. Right. Right? At that point. And why wouldn't I? Because I'm shucking and jiving, as he used to say. You know, I'm scoring <laughs> points. I'm racking up the whatever currency, whatever is the great measure of my success. Mm-hmm. I'm hitting all the marks. You don't come along and tell me anything because I got it all together. But when you begin to realize that when you get to that point, you're be- you are failing to be able to in your pride. That's it. The beginning of the end, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because in the end, none of that is going to matter. Well, and <clears throat> when you read that the first time, that stood out to me. The fools despise instruction. Well, who? I mean, who doesn't want help? You know, as far as like instruction. Well, if you think you have it all together, the proud you you don't realize it. And I'm hesitant to say the proud because we can all fall in that trap. We can all think that we have it all together. You know, I mean, you have lots of degrees, you know, hanging on your wall. Well, so and, I said, I'm not chopped liver. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and neither are you. As Macy says, the chopped liver. So, yes, one can be intimidated or, you know, one could possibly be like, wow, he's so smart. So, <clears throat> impressed but however all that doesn't mean that you just well yeah I have it all together now I don't really need anything else you don't need continuing education units right <laughs> you don't CEUs need, yeah, yes you don't need any other uh, instruction so I that's a dangerous place and well, they're fools because they're refusing instruction it, right and, and it's not again that I'm cursing knowledge or understanding right. Right. I'm actually celebrating it I could have led with that compliment in the end. Vanity of all vanities. We're all fools. Mm -hmm. But that's a bit cynical. And unfortunately, Solomon, that's why he wasn't Jesus. We have to look at it, though. But that's why he wasn't (laughs) Jesus, because he jumped to that conclusion, because Mm -hmm. this very thing I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. How could a man of such success be humbled? Mm-hmm. There's only two ways to do that. You either humble yourself in Jesus, Mm -hmm. or you crash and burn. Mm -hmm. Because your ego has no place to land when you get to that point. Solomon had no place to land. He was running out of jet fuel or whatever. And, And he had no place to land. And so he crashed. He didn't crash without effect. Good effect. Because we can read this stuff, right? Right. And all these things he's saying are true. The place though he crashed was he wasn't Jesus and Jesus had not come yet. But outside of that, all of us are going to go the same way of Solomon, hopefully. <laughs> Again, he was in the could, lineage of Christ. You could desire to be foolish. You could desire to be stupid. You can reject all wisdom. You can turn off, try to override your curiosity for knowledge and understanding. Other people can, in their hurt or harm of you, can make you feel like you're stupid, mm-hmm. that you'll never be enough, you can fall into that trap. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's plenty of people out there who use that then to keep you from realizing how stupid they are or how human they are. Right. But you know, you and I said that before we, we started the podcast today. But one of our greatest uh, appeals is <laughs> we're messed up, I think, as far as the podcast is concerned. We're not what? I'm we're sorry. messed up. Oh. You know, nobody expects us to be perfect. Mm-hmm. What a low bar. <laughs> you know, I don't know that I want to set the bar low. Right. But why would I want to pretend like I'm something that I'm not? 
And then all that self-perception when the reality that it, it really isn't that way. Why don't I need to go through all that extra reconciliation? So let me just admit I'm a fool, but I'm not chopped liver. Let me go to uh, another passage of Proverbs. This one is Proverbs 5. And I think I'm going to start with verse 21. For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth all his goings. This men, women, people, humans. His own iniquity shall take the wicked himself, and he shall be holden with the cords of his sins. He shall die without instruction, and in the greatness of his folly he shall go astray. Now, that's prophetic, right? So we got then facts. We got a fact, right? That we're not enough. Knowledge and understanding, I think, is what we've tried to get mm-hmm. at this morning, mm-hmm. or this on the podcast as recorded this morning. Right. We need wisdom. Mm-hmm. And if we're really paying attention, the feedback should be coming in that that's not going to save you. It's not going to save you. It's maybe not all at once, but if you're in reaction to that, going to push that away and deny that because it hurts your ego or it's sort of threatening to you to think you're not as great as you thought you were or you want to attribute all your success to you. And, you know, there's always some dimension of providence, luck, you know, goodwill even. Other people sometimes will leave you alone so you can be successful. Uh, They're not intentioned to tear you down or destroy you. But if you don't understand that, even if it comes in 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 small doses, by the time that you get to the end or by the time that your defenses are as high as ever, you got, again, put that pedestal, put yourself on that pedestal, you got no place to go but down. And when you go down, it's going to be a crash and burn. But this is really, I think, that transitional moment between understanding Solomon and that he's prophesying of Jesus and that we should all aspire to any measure of that we can find and should never give up, never quit, always try to learn, always try to get your CEUs in life, get your degrees if you can, or if you're not inclined to do that, then whatever you do, be as good at it as you can. Be successful in the world. There's nothing, not at the expense of others, not to the harm of others, don't lie, cheat, or steal. But as best you can. But you've got to realize, even then, that's not enough. For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth all his goings. God looks at you. Mm -hmm. Sees all the things that you're doing. And his own iniquity shall take the wicked himself, and he shall be holden with the cords of his sins. He shall die without instruction, and in the greatness of his folly he shall go astray. So God doesn't want you to go astray. But if you put those two things together, you should come to the conclusion you need help. Mm -hmm. But if you're not even willing to admit you need help, Mm -hmm. which is then you need Jesus, which is then what Solomon couldn't yet see and why he fell into such a state of despair. But if you can't admit that this is not going to finish the job. Mm-hmm. It's not going to bring it home, as they used right. to say, in the way that you would like. And <laughs> who could? I mean, maybe some of us get that privilege, at least superficially, to look like everything goes well to the day we die. Or maybe we get to die young. Only the good die young. Mm-hmm. No. Dying young prevents you from becoming old. <laughs> There's nothing beautiful in many ways, right. many superficial ways. Mm-hmm. There's beauty in age. Mm-hmm. Wisdom is one of those beauties. But as you age, they still look as great as they used to. Mm. 
the gloss, the sheen is kind of gone. You, the world, it's not this big party that you, oh, it's all this discovery, all this curiosity. We're mm-hmm. out there looking for something. I'll shut up. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely agree. And I, I was thinking of, um, David actually Solomon's father. I was thinking about how, when he sort of had himself in a place where he was on his high horse and he, you know, had it all together and then comes along Nathan and knocks him down. And the only place he had to go was down. He, he, he crashed and burned. But what did he do with that? So see, we can all find our place in that position, like Solomon said, but what are we going to do with that? Are we going to knock down and get defensive and get mad because somebody, you know, confronted us and we found out we're not all that? Or are we going to turn, is that going to be a pivotal decision in our life? Are we going to turn to the one that can show us who we really are and repent like David? Or are we going to get mad and whatever that looks like for you, pout, you know, or or get defensive and get mad at that person? You don't know anything, you know, and, and go on about our quest for you know, to build our own Tower of Babel or whatever, you know, our quest is. But I was just thinking about how when we get knocked off like that, what's the response? How do we deal with that? Because we can all, (laughs) I mean, I don't want to find myself in that position. I don't want to be like Solomon and, you know, his um, picture of that. But I don't feel like we're immune to it. Mm. You know, so... Well, not only are we not immune to it, but but I, if you look at it that way, mm-hmm. the way we're trying to capture it on the podcast today, then I want to be Solomon. I don't want to end like Solomon, right? But I, I want to be like David. I don't want to end like David. I don't know that I want to say that I want to do the same mistakes as Solomon, David. I don't want to say that I want to learn from other people, right? Which is part of knowledge, right? And exactly. understanding. We can learn from reading <laughs> read these scriptures, the, read, right? Read the word, right? But at the same time, everybody's got to learn the lesson. And uh, I'm going to take a moment to remind our listeners and now viewers. Yes. (laughs) You are uh, hopefully enjoying the podcast. What? Now it's a program. It's like, what do you call it? It's not a TV program, but it's visual now. It's not just the podcast. Yes. The Ditto Camp. It's not just the podcast of... What is Covenants? Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. So, if you could escape that, we, I think we're saying that we wouldn't, we wouldn't see that as good. We'd want to learn that lesson. You, you can certainly read the Word, and the Word teaches that lesson, mm-hmm. it, you, but I don't think you really get it until you live it in right. some, right. some way. And so we live it, and, and hopefully as much God put it all together materially, maybe that's part of just our need in a material kind of way to validate it. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to look the other side. Well, God made it this way so we'd learn. Uh, I don't think that's true. I just think the way that God made us to function in such an optimal, ideal way in a material sort of aspect of life or the, me- the material aspect of life uh, just required it. But at the same time, <laughs> I want to learn the lesson. Mm-hmm. One of the ways I discovered, still am discovering, the best ways for me to have learned the lesson is not necessarily, <clears throat> excuse me, professionally. My, my neighbors teach me lessons all the time. It's not, not through my neighbors. It's not even through my 
other family members, you know, who some of which are quite frank and candid about my failings. But it's my son. And having a child, I never thought this, but he has pointed out to me, not with any intention, not in an oppositional, defiant sort of way, and contentious sort of way, uh, just all of my messed up thinking. All of my that, because right there in front of me is this innocence that I unfortunately, oh, I, I cringe. <laughs> when I think of it, have contributed to his ultimate destruction. <laughs> I was talking to Cindy last night. I said, maybe I've screwed it all up. Maybe we should have told him about all this material stuff. Maybe I shouldn't send him to school. You know, make it, he seems so happy just doing what he does best and enjoying his life. And why am I, you know, so insistent that he get a degree? Or why am I so insistent that he get a good job? Or, you know, if he's quite happy driving a, a 98 Honda Passport, why not? If he likes to fish, why not? You know, now again, I'm still subsidizing the project a bit, right? Because yeah. I love him. But it makes me aware by looking at his innocence just how far off the mark I am. And I thought I had a good narrative. I thought I did all the right things. I thought I notched all the, there's some, again, stumbling blocks along the way, but I just persevered. I just pressed on to the mark of the highest calling. What a fool. That's so foolish when I look at him. Now, I don't know, you've got plenty of kids. You may have a multiplication of the back <laughs> of that effect because you have so many kids. Oh, I, I oh. <laughs> yeah, four feels like 18 sometimes. I tell people I have 18 kids. Um, <clears throat> and that's interesting that you, that you ended that way, that you felt like you did everything and you persevered and you, you pushed through to do all the right things. And in the end, <laughs> does it really matter? It doesn't. Uh, you know, and and the the thing to realize about that is the hard thing, and it is hard as as parents is, and this goes back to God and us because we're His children, and we have this free will, is that they have to make their own decisions, and we can sit and watch that, and know, sometimes we know what's going to happen, sometimes we don't know what's going to happen. We have some wisdom that we've gained along the years, but um, that's a really hard thing to do. Well, I am to the, let go of that control, and I, I heard that. I am the man. Control, but I heard it. I and am I, the man. Right, and it's I, Nathan coming to me. Yeah. I am the man. Yeah, and so that's it's a difficult place. And if you're not careful, like I have done in the past, you know, I can beat myself up with that. And instead of taking the hammer to, you know, other things outside of me, then I will turn it on myself. And then, you know, then that's not good either. That's because, not good. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, what do we do with that? Because there's that tension, you know? Because I think you're right. I think that, that God doesn't want us to do that. Right. But he wants us to fall <laughs> upon our knees and cry out to Jesus. Right. He, he wants us to understand that Jesus did all of that. Mm-hmm. The human aspiration. Now, again, I'm not going to... Maybe it's just my... I need to be kind to myself, Carolyn. Self-care here. I can't admit that it's all been failure. 
I can't yet admit that it's all been a waste of time. It's not. I think in season, I think there are seasons. I think developmentally, there's times when it's appropriate. I just think the timing of even this revelation, the seal being broken, the timing of this is all part of the full acquisition of wisdom. But I'm also saying I could resist Nathan. I could resist the feedback. I could try to be more. (laughs) My son thought it was everything. But wouldn't you want your kid to think that? I mean, I'm not saying that, that I'm enamored necessarily by the fact that he thought it was everything. But he trusted me in all things. And I have failed him. And that's okay. I'm right. It is, but is it? You'll never get me to feel better about my failing him. But I can't understand, though, that God never fails him. Unless it points him to the one that yeah. will never fail him. And that's what I think the whole messaging about that is. If you're going to gain knowledge and understanding, do it. If you're going to go to school, do it. Nothing wrong with that. If you're Whatever you're going to be, whatever you're going to do, whatever your culture demands, whatever you're brought up to believe, whatever you're taught, whatever makes your world that you have been introduced into work, then do it. As long as it's peaceable, not too far off the mark, you don't, no lying, killing, stealing murdering people, you know, I mean, there's those worlds too, but that's kind of the most obvious sort of differentiation. But in the end, the greatest understanding that knowledge brings you is you're a fool. But Satan didn't get that. And so if Proverbs 5 kind of then prophetically sort of foretells, let me go to Ezekiel and we'll Go to Ezekiel 28. I was going to say start with, but we'll go to Ezekiel 28 and begin with now. Verse 17, if I can find it here. Eyesight goes in old age too. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that thou may behold thee. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore will I bring forth the fire from the midst of thee. It will devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all men, of all them that behold thee. All they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee. Thou shalt be a terror, and never shalt thou be any more. Now, uh, again, this is Ezekiel, the prophet. Uh, He was speaking specifically to the king of Tyre. Most Bible scholars, though, understand that this is, or have come to the conclusion, this is not just about the king of Tyre. It could be the king of David. It could be the king of Carolyn. Mm-hmm. It could be your Carolyn's world, Wade's world, Dave's world, <laughs> right? Dave the Dave show, the Carolyn show. It, you know, I'm the king of that. I'm the king of my house. Right. I mean, all of this applies in that right. sort of human dimension. And I don't know that I'm comparable with Tyre, the king of Tyre, but it comes to that sort of place, I think, in human dimensions, regardless. You could be president of the United States and you can have the same thing said about you. Probably would. But this is also talking about the devil. And as much as Ezekiel was prophesying about the king of Tyre, he was speaking about the devil because that's exactly what happened to the devil. And with that, if Proverbs, Solomon, those verses I read earlier in the podcast, speaks to 
Jesus, the manifestation of Christ, then for the sake of total understanding, we should contrast that. Mm-hmm. And we are created, God created us to be dichotomous in our thinking, right and wrong. You, know, you go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and it can get really minute, minutia, the details of that, or it can be really in a you know, broad way, but the pattern's the same. Look at this, and look at that. Look at that, and look at this. Which of the two do you want? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the rudimentary, the rudimentaries mm-hmm. of decision-making. But if we could say that about Jesus, what Solomon was speaking to, and I think all of that about wisdom is sort of like getting the Holy Spirit. It's sort of like coming to Christ. It's sort of like, again, all these things that we've been talking about. Fall at the knees of Jesus. I said that. Bring it to culmination. That's God's corrective way. Mm -hmm. And it will bring you to wisdom, right? Mm -hmm. Right. But just the moment you understand how foolish you are, God says, ah, but I love you. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to let this happen to you. You know, so I may be a fool of my son's eyes compared to some knowledge or understanding, or at least in my own eyes, as I think he might look at me. That's the proper way of saying that. But in the end, I hold wisdom that's far superior to his because I've done the knowledge and understanding thing, not only in terms of gaining it, but living, validating it. Mm -hmm. I fully understand it, and I have finally been able to appreciate Truly, wisdom comes when, when I act, not only act the fool, but come to appreciate how foolish I am. If all of that just led me to believe that I could be, what was it, how beautiful? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that I could sing, I could dance, mm-hmm. I could shuck a jive, I could do all those things <laughs> better than anybody else, or as good as anybody else, Carolyn. Well, and you, you alluded to that in the beginning, the coming there, being the fool, is that I shared this illustration with somebody yesterday and it always speaks to me is that, you know, a car has a battery. It doesn't run without the battery, right? So the battery has positive and negative. So I was sharing with this person and, you know, they, um, they needed encouragement. And so I told them that, and, you know, when they uh, felt like they had messed up, and I was like, but that's part of it. You can't have just all, you know, all knowledge, all wisdom, or, you know, all understanding and just, you know, I'm just going to drive straight into wisdom and there's never going to be any problems. It doesn't happen like that. We have to have some positive and negative. And then God takes all that together, Romans 8, 28, and then makes something beautiful out of it. And that's, that's what I feel like um, when you share just now that, you know, that, Despite all of our good things, there's still that process, that process of coming to Him. I guess that would be the acknowledgement of our sin, I guess, in the spiritual aspect of coming to Christ. Um, you know, He can't, quote, save us if we don't need saving. You know what I mean? So there has to be something He's saving us from. So we have we have all of that together. Even though we might be seeking knowledge, it still isn't lived out perfectly, which you sort of said about you and your son. You know, he has seen that lived out in you, but maybe in his eyes, not perfectly. But that's okay, because he has to see that there's somebody bigger than you. And he has to learn how to do it for himself. Right. It's all part of his validation. Right. It is all relationship-driven, too. Right. God's there every step of the way. Jesus is there every step of the way. Mm-hmm. Again, I think the wisdom is there 
But I think our, our human intellect, our brain, as great as it is, as much as we rightly should celebrate it once more, should celebrate it, gets in the way. Because right. these are things that are incomprehensible mm -hmm. in material dimensions and the front end of all of that it's all about finding out and figuring out and doing it right and you know then you got people who do teach their kids unfortunately errant sort of ways so that would be enough right we could end the podcast there we could kind of transition it to people who come in to see us we don't want to call them fools uh, so we have to generate a bit of understanding we help them to see it in biblical context they got right. the knowledge i think at least from a christian standpoint but maybe it's the same thing as dave and me you our ego our pride of life kind of things are getting in the way so we don't start there we just kind of help them to interpret it as nathan might uh, sometimes we can be nathan like Some understanding but i don't want to end there because this is really the message mm -hmm. i want to get to because as much as all that's important and as much as anybody would come see us, they probably already are wanting help and assistance. Right. And as you were pointing out, uh, you can help somebody who's interested in getting help. But what about all those other people who don't? And not only come see us, but don't want help. Who right. then scorn. Right. <laughs> Solomon's pretty oh, clear on scorners. Yes. He says, don't even argue with them. You're not right. going to win. Right. Because they've already been turned over to a reprobate mind, mm -hmm. the son of perdition. But let me make the point. I'll give it to you. Yeah. Ultimately, evil will destroy itself. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, the devil destroyed himself. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, if we allow evil to overcome good, even in an intellectual way, or we allow all of that to preempt us, to get in the way of our mm -hmm. accepting that wisdom or going to a place where we are humbled enough by our, the realization we're not enough mm -hmm. to seek the more that is Jesus, to allow the Holy Spirit again to regain control, we will ultimately end up destroying ourselves. And there's nothing, nothing anyone else can do about that. Nothing. You cannot take somebody who's made that choice, again, over a lifetime, and gotten to a place where they've rejected wisdom and done it so many times, she, you know, she cries out, but you've got to let her in, mm -hmm. I think, is Solomon's message. Absolutely. And I, I do want to say before I say what I was going to say, <laughs> that um, you've done an amazing job with your son. You have. And and I, I know that. You haven't told me that. You haven't said, oh, look at what I did to be this awesome parent. But I've seen enough to know, and I want to say that. Well, thank you. I appreciate You the have done an amazing job. He's awesome. But that comes from awesome parents. So... Um, however, what I have found is when people don't want the help and they don't want the instruction, the evil, they will self-implode. That's, that's just what I came to, that image, you know, I'm a visual person, and that people will just self-implode. However, there's some hope there. There's always hope. I just want our listeners to know that no matter what your situation is, as long as there's Jesus, there's hope. So, 
and my grandma would always say, as long as there's a breath of life, there's hope. Um, you don't know what you don't know. And sometimes when we don't know, I was one of those people. I didn't know what I didn't know. And then when I, we talk about awareness a lot, and I talk about that with my clients a lot, being aware just to understand more, not only about yourself, but about God and, and how all that works together. But once you know, then you have to deal with it. But when people don't want to know, that's different. And that's what you're saying is that when they turn away, maybe they get a glimpse and they, they hear our podcast one time and they think, mm, you know, that's interesting, but I don't think it could help me in my situation. I'm too far gone. You know, well, I had been in that situation. I don't know that I said those exact words, but I had put God kind of in this proverbial box <laughs> and I, you know, had him tucked neatly away and, you know, and, and sometimes I put him on the shelf and I get him down when I need him and take him out of the box. And we, that's not living in, in wisdom. That's having a lot of knowledge and maybe we can put our knowledge off the shelf and we can open the word and, and read it. But without, do we think David didn't know the Torah? You know, he, I mean, they knew all that. The disciples was with Jesus, with him in the flesh, and they still didn't get it. So, you know, there's something to be said for, like, knowing things and then, you know, not knowing things, but then what you're going to do with it. So the wisdom, we have to come down off our pedestal and realize there's some things we don't know, and then what are we going to do with it when we do know? And how does that affect our relationship with God? Because ultimately, we either destroy ourselves or we turn to God and let Him make something beautiful of it. And in uh, <laughs> beauty for ashes. Right. But that's pride too. I'm beyond salvation. It's narcissism too. Right. Mm-hmm. Nobody can save me. Nobody can understand me. I mean, that's classic. It's the Nar- other end of the same stick. Yeah. It, yeah. It's narcissism. Right. That, that's a, a classic symptom. That is a classic symptom of narcissism. What I'm trying to get out is uh, nobody can understand me mm-hmm. because I'm so unique. Because <laughs> I'm so different. No, you're not. Right. And I don't want to take away from the individuality. I don't want to take away from the individual. I don't want to take away from the celebration of diversity. I don't want to take anything away from any of that because that is all part of a material expression and it's for our enjoyment. And we do enjoy it. I like different things. I like new things. I get bored. I burn out if I do the same thing over and over and over again. But in the end, if you want to understand the real answer to creativity, it isn't that you're unique and nobody's like you. It's that God is creative and he can take all these things that you just got through saying, the same thing you just got through saying, and take our ashes and turn them beauty. Mm-hmm. The problem with the devil, though, I think, and all those people who would rebuke God either out of such arrogance and pride that they're not going to admit he was right mm-hmm. or he is right or righteousness. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, well, nobody can save me, not even God, which is right. kind of the I'm same. too far gone. Yeah, is the same messaging, is to receive the mm-hmm. rebuke. Mm-hmm. Right. If he doesn't love you, we could go there. I mean, like I said at the very beginning of the podcast, I want to read the whole Proverbs. Mm-hmm. Bit, but in another passage, Solomon says that, or another verse in the passage, the book of Proverbs, passages of Proverbs, Solomon says that. 
that if he didn't love you, he wouldn't chasten you. Exactly. Receive yeah. it. Right. Accept it. Right. Because it's correction. Mm-hmm. And maybe it is all for maybe it is all for our ego. I mean, may, I know God needs to get things done in this world, and and so there's some aspect of that. Right. But maybe it is also in a in a salvation sort of way, eternal sort of way, beyond the contemporary or the the um, immediate sort of demand of our immediate sort of existence. Mm-hmm. In eternal eternal dimensions, I need Him to just prove to me. Not in a bad way, a good way. Uh, I can't save me. Right. And that I'm not a fool to ask right. for help. Right. To really be a fool would be not to seek help. Exactly. Not to receive the feedback. Yeah. Not to pay attention. Not to do the introspection. And then use it. Mm-hmm. Not to allow the anointing of the Holy Spirit on the Word to convict me. Mm-hmm. Or as I've <laughs> said, I want help. And sought out the counsel of mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. who holds himself out as Christian. Right. And would do this in the way of giving all of that to God. Has learned knowledge, gained knowledge, but also began to fully appreciate or has come to a point of appreciation of understanding human dimension. But more than that, wants to operate in wisdom and recognizing that's important. We can cover that territory and should. But it's got to come from God. Right. He's the purveyor. He's the holder. He's the possessor. He's the origin. He's the source. He is he, the Holy Spirit, I think, is wisdom. Mm-hmm. That's what makes me think on the virtuous woman that that Bathsheba is telling Proverbs 51, I think. Not Proverbs, but uh, I can't remember what it is. Um, Proverbs 51, yes. 31. 31. Yeah. The virtuous woman. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for correcting me. But that's really the conclusion that that I think we come to is that that women should seek virtue and character, but in the same marry virtue and character. Solomon should marry a virtuous woman Mm -hmm. in that way of marrying virtue and character. But really... Bathsheba is telling him he should marry wisdom. And I think that's what kind of complemented all of this pursuit. Maybe it was already there from the very beginning as he was created. God created him for that purpose, that reason. But it helped. Because it really is what it is. When we marry Jesus or we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we marry wisdom. Right. No, maybe it's a guy thing, right? I marry the virtuous woman who in feminine gender then would be wisdom. But maybe it's a, a woman thing too, a girl thing, a gal thing, because maybe that's the whole point, is that the virtue and the character that we're really seeking is of God. Jesus. Yes, and her husband should example that, but at the same time, what we're really after is an understanding of both of them are only as secure as they would be in Christ or in right. the Holy Spirit. And that that wisdom is really what gets us through life mm-hmm. and all the temporal elements of it, the contemporary aspect, but the beyond. But it serves us in both. Mm-hmm. It serves us materially while we're still here, and it serves us, he serves us in the hereafter and eternally. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's... Um... <laughs> I'm so glad I, so glad I uh, got to that in the beginning, the knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, because <clears throat> I just seen it as a natural progression towards Christ, 
And I think that's what you were getting at. It just leads to Jesus. And that's wisdom. That's instruction. And that's receiving the instruction. And then hopefully listening to it and applying it to our life, which is wisdom. And that's what God, that's the whole purpose of him. I think about the potter and the clay when you were talking about that and how, you know, he doesn't put the clay on the pot and then just sit there and be like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's a mess so much for that. <laughs> no, he keeps refashioning it. And it even, oh gosh, I don't remember the scripture even says that when, you know, when it messes up, he'll, the potter will restart it and he will make something, you know, else out of it. So if we allow ourselves to be the clay and to be molded, then he's going to make something better than we could have done ourselves. So, you know, he, he's, not optimizing, that's not the best word, but he is perfecting us in righteousness to be more like Christ every day. But we, we have to go along with that process lest we turn out like Satan and then say, oh, I don't need you anymore. You know, I'm, I'm done. Or just he didn't want, yes, you're right. And he, he didn't want the feedback. He didn't no. not want to, to, he believed. He didn't want to take instruction. He didn't want, he, he didn't want to go any further because all the further looked to him, I'm presuming, because it's the way that I would see it. And I think that really the human nature, the iniquity in the human nature is really just that. It's yes, that, exactly. that it mind is. of Satan. It it's is. Not it the, is. It's a paradigm. So, yeah. yeah. It's the earthly thing. Mm-hmm. But most of us, oh, I'm here. And, and even if you can be successful until the day you die, right? Or only good die young. Into the day that you go on. You know, that idea that, that it still isn't enough. And, and you may feel real comfortable in your skin. <laughs> you may like what you're doing. And you may have it all. But if you don't humble yourself right. and accept that that's really not the measure of our eternity or eternal dimension, our soul... As in Jesus, as as in God creating us with that aspect of soul to be saved, to be redeemed, to be with Him eternally, you're not going to make the transition well. You're going to you're going to fall off the pedestal, and as Ezekiel would have possibly described it, maybe not in these exact terms, it's you're going to hit with a thud. Mm-hmm. You're going to hit bottom with a thud, but hit bottom now rather than later. Right. And, you know, it's confirmed, Carolyn. I'm a fool. I've said it. People suspected it. They've listened to the podcast and say, he's a fool. He didn't even know this. He doesn't even know that. But if that is then part of my acknowledgement, the infirmity in the flesh, that I don't want anything to get in the way of being led of the Lord and the Holy Spirit, and it's my making that adjustment, then let me be a fool. But at the same time, I also know, though, I'm only as stupid and foolish as I would be to not let Jesus save me. Exactly. To not let the Holy Spirit fill me, to not know his voice, to not operate in that. So I would never say this to somebody who comes see me because I love them. Mm -hmm. And these are harsh words. Mm -hmm. But I can say it to you. And you could say it to me. And in a general sort of way, I can say it to our podcast listeners because I know they understand. Right. Even though some of them might end up coming to see me or you at Covenants. Right. Right. But when you're in that moment, that's a difficult saying. But 
thank God he gives us a perspective through, again, the Holy Spirit, through the Word, through the mind of Christ, through the, his mind as he articulates that in Old and New Testament Word. Thank God I've understood. It's only, it's, it's only as bad as I think it might be. Otherwise, God says, ah, oh, it's just a scratch. And that's exactly the illustration I have in my mind. And I'm glad you said scratch. Because I imagine a ladder, you know, and if, we, if we're on the, like the second step and we miss our step with our foot and we stumble down, how hard is that? If you fall off the, the second step, is that... Is that broken bones? Well, it could be, but it's not nearly as bad it's as... It's a scratch, it... right? Yes, I mean, you're yes. just kind of like, oh, I fell off the ladder, you know, get back up. What if you're on the very top step of the ladder and you fall off? That's a whole other story. So I would much, much rather <laughs> fall off and be redirected and, and reposition myself and pay more attention from the second step fall hmm. than to be up at the top and fall. And possibly break bones and possibly be hospitalized. But God speaks to us every moment. But do we listen? Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. But I want to be the one that listens when I'm on the second step. (laughs) And so that, you know, I'm careful and not waiting because I think I know how to do a ladder. You know, how many times I walk up a ladder? I don't need your help to tell me how to do that. I can get to the top myself and then fall. So if anyone would want to come listen to such foolishness <laughs> or talk to such the fool that I am, that you're not, <laughs> but I am. Or if you would want to see it as we've presented today on the podcast, that in our foolishness and our weakness, he makes us strong. And, and yes. our brain, our self-perception, as much as it's lined up with the Holy Spirit perception, it doesn't matter what falls out of my mouth as long as it's anointed. I mean, I've said some things that I said, no, that's not what I said when they came back and told me what I said. But that's what they heard. And so God could even take those things as right. my intention would be to right. say them in a particular way and even as much translate them into another language, another mm-hmm. way of, of somebody says it, another way of hearing it. Yeah. As I might that's, say it, somebody else That's what might. God does. Yeah, he does. So, I'll play the fool. Mm-hmm. I am the fool. I don't mind being called the fool if it's for Jesus. Right. And I think the Apostle Paul right. said something like that. Mm-hmm. How should anyone who otherwise listens or might see us, if they want to do the live, we're going to put these on our Facebook page too, so... They can yes. kind of go there. They don't have to get up at 7.30 in the morning when we record this and <laughs> always watch us live. But how can they get a hold of us should they want to? Well, we hope they want to. I want you to contact us. Um, you can give us a call at 304-528-9220. Or you can, like we said earlier, check us out on the Facebook page under Covenants. You can shoot us an email at covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com or go online, check out our website at (laughs) covenantsonline.com. I kind of panicked there for a second. I don't know. There's too much information. (laughs) 
You're human. Yeah, exactly. That's not your iniquity. I, I, if I wasn't sitting here doing this, I would just rattle it off. But then when I feel pressure under it, I'm second guess myself. It's charming. Just ask him. It's perfectionism. It's one of your more endearing traits. <laughs> I don't know about that. So, again, just reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. We'd like to help you if you Absolutely. need help. But even if you should say, I'll never go there, I just enjoy having you come and listen to us on the podcast because even if I don't see anything else, mm-hmm. don't get anything else other than this privilege of doing this. This is enough. This is what it's all about. Right. The other thing keeps <laughs> it keeps us in business, but it's not the most important thing. The most important thing is the relationship we have you have with you, our podcast listeners, yes, absolutely, as well as viewers now. So I want to remind our listeners slash viewers. That you're listening to not Word with Dr. Michael David Clay, but what is Covenant's Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. And we want to invite you back for our next edition. And in the meantime, Carolyn, we like to bless our folks by telling them that God loves them. Absolutely. And really just doing that, agreeing with them. And that, we do too. That, yes, we do too. And that God would give them and, and uh, share with them his richest richness and his best of blessings. Until then, 